Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Wednesday night. It's nine o'clock. First of all, we like to say normally this is where you find ridiculous speculation. But in four weeks, we've had four time slots. So tonight, Wednesday nights at nine o'clock from henceforth will be ridiculous speculation. And as always on RS, we start with three members because somehow Raj never makes it on time. So let's go through the welcomes. First of all, joining us from the lap of luxury, at least on the East Coast this time, B-Chain, Brandon Chain. What's up, Brandon? What's going on, boys? And as always, you know, I would call him the star, but I get called pandering to him. <laughs> the featured presentation of tonight, the one and only... Robbie Davis. What's up, Robbie? I'm always amazed. I mean, I'm not I'm not 100% sure Raj has a job, but if he does actually have a job, how he keeps a job, because timing is the one thing you can control. Just be on time. I don't, I don't know how this happens. Be on yeah, time uh, and uh, make an effort. Yeah. So, so when we get our when we get our barstool contract, we'll we'll start the show at nine and tell Raj to be there at eight thirty. So that's the only way to get him on the air at the right time. But I really enjoyed last week's a little more free um, format. So we're we're gonna stick with it. So tonight we're gonna roll through some ridiculous speculations. We're gonna roll through some stuff that's hard to believe, including Mel Tucker being the most recent joiner of the $100 million club or near $100 million club. But first, let's find our friend who's always late. Her wanted, nope, that's a chat. Somebody's chatting at us. I don't know who's chatting at us. Suddenly, I, I, suddenly the, the uh, private text now comes up and I get your chat messages, y'all. That's, that's a new sensation for me. I, who knew? First subject of the night. I am the biggest doubter. I've been here for multiple weeks and I do not believe in the Tennessee Titans. But each and every week I come on here and I go, well, they did it again. They did it again. This week they did it without Julio Jones, without Derrick Henry. They are the best record in the AFC. Is this the Atlanta Braves without Ronald Acuna? We'll start with B. Chain on this one. Man, it's it's possible. Uh, you look at what Vrabel's doing right now. Um, we're we're piecing it together somehow, and you know we've got a makeshift backfield. Offensive line's playing well, but I mean I just cannot say enough about the defense and and the defensive front. I mean, to be able to rush four, like legit rush four and get pressure on a quarterback, I mean, and have seven in coverage, I mean, that, that changes the game. That changes a lot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're making it. And, you know, schedule-wise, you know, we got the Texans this week. Should be a clear win. Um as long as we don't have a slip up, just like, you know, the Jets game or whatever. Uh, Patriots are going to be tough and 49ers. Um, Steelers, they're, they're always a rival. Uh, 
it's in Pittsburgh, so that that one could be somewhat of a game. They're not playing too well though. Um, they do have good pass rush, but offensive lines holding well. Um, man, I I like where we're at and I like our schedule. Robbie Davis, I'll get your same comments, but I'm going to add some ridiculous speculations to yours. And Shane, we'll come back. You answer the same question. Don Adrian Peterson, Jeremy McNichols is already there. But is Dante Foreman the best back that's healthy in Tennessee right now, Robbie? Healthy, maybe. Gaining steam. I think Peterson is going to be running the ball, and he's getting back in game shape. Um, I think he's going to be there uh, to kind of bridge that gap. Nichols is there on third down. Uh, Look, this team is set up in a weak division. You got Texans. You got Texans. You got Patriots. They're going to have a long week coming off of the um, at Atlanta game, which can't wait to talk about that, Randall, uh, <laughs> that rematch. But um, then you got Jaguars, you got Steelers, Niners, Dolphins, Texans. Look, this is a team that may be able, even with injuries, to rest players down the stretch, whether it's the one seed or the two seed. I think around week 15, they're going to be slotted in where they're going to be slotted in, or at least give or take. And so Vrabel, he learned a lot from Belichick. And one of the greatest things to learn from him is how to prepare a team for a playoff run. Look, he's been the coach, what, four or five years? AFC championship game, uh, home playoff game, upset loss. They've been there, and they have been close. And if it wasn't for – Patrick Mahomes pre $500 million contract, they would have been in the Super Bowl. Um, so this is a team, get Henry back. If Julio gets healthy, if Julio doesn't get healthy, this is a team that can play with anybody. And I'll tell you what, for the first time maybe ever, as much as I liked Jeff Fisher as a coach with Steve and Eddie, this is the first time I've thought, hey, we don't have a competent coach. We don't have a really coach. We have a coach that can outsmart the other coach. And that's a huge thing coming into a game for fans and I uh, assume for players, absolutely. Well, I agree with you. Let's bring in – hey, Brendan, uh, I know you're in Hilton Head. When you're not talking, if you could mute for us, that would be – Yeah. I know you've got – I hear the ocean in the background, buddy. Not Most of us are not there, so – uh, Rods, welcome, welcome. Uh, we, we have donated a watch to you while you've been gone. We're hoping it will help. Uh, we're not, we're not sure. We're talking we about the Titans. Talk about the Titans and are they real? Yeah. I, I made a comparison to the Braves after they lost to Cunha. Hey, the Titans, since losing Henry, actually looks like a better football team. Uh, I understand what you're saying, but you know the Braves completely lengthened their lineup by the fact that again we talked about this multiple times that Acuna got hurt two weeks before the trade deadline. You know they went out and got four to six dudes that completely changed you know them offensively, defensively, and everything. Uh, you know the Titans aren't really they didn't acquire anybody per se. I mean Dante Foreman, you know, he's always looked like a he looks the part, but 
you know, there's a reason why he's bounced around the league and been on practice squads and didn't even make it in Houston. Um, now, I agree that, you know, obviously sometimes when you have a player that gets the ball that much, that, yeah, you can – it diversifies your offense, if you will. It's not as one track, but it's not like a, that was a bad thing with, with Derrick Henry. Um, I – I don't think it's like the Braves in that sense, but yeah, I mean, the defense has certainly stepped up now. If there's a correlation there or not, I don't know. Uh, but I'm hesitant to call them a, a good team. I'm hesitant to put them in the Braves uh, conversation, but uh, the reality is when your best player goes down, everybody has to step up. And in that sense, you're absolutely right. Brandon, coming to you. Uh, one more round about the Titans. Robbie, I'll hit you with last thought. Brandon, how good is is the Tennessee Titan defense? I mean, small sample size, last three, four games. I mean, we're one of the top defenses in the league. Um, but it's it's been, you know, kind of a, a process getting there. But, you know, it's all about peaking at the right time. And, you know, we're, we're starting to head into the home stretch second half. We our schedule gets easier, not harder. Um, you know, we we've been through what twenty people on IR, like 80, 80 players, you know, starting or whatever. Um, I mean, it's it's unbelievable the you know adversity we faced and continue to win and beat good teams, uh, former playoff teams. Um, so yeah, I mean. It's the NFL. Can this team do it? Absolutely. The defense, if they continue to play that way, I have no doubt. And if, if we can get Henry back, I mean, you do not want to see the Titans in the playoffs. I could tell you that. Robbie Davis, last question about the Titans. What is, what is success from this point out? And do you expect to see Derrick Henry come playoff time? Yes, I think Henry will come back. Um, success is, I mean, I've never been a Super Bowl or bust kind of person. Um, success is always getting better, right? And um, what comes, Super Bowls come with that. But there's no, in the NFL, especially today, in today's game, there are no two more powerful components to have than pressure with four defensive linemen and I can control the ball situation. I can run the ball when I want to. I can pass on. I can dictate offense. The Titans have both of those. Now, fumbles happen, interceptions happen, tip balls happen. Things happen. Do I think the Titans are in a really good situation? Absolutely. How can you not? They're in a they've got the three of their most talented offensive players are or two or three, depending on how you want to shake it, are either out or injured. And we're peace we, we signed Adrian Peterson off the damn streets um last Thursday. And he gets in, scores a touchdown, plays well. The system is working. And so you get those pieces together at the right time. Um, so success is the Super Bowl. Success is the AFC Championship. Success is improving from last year and improving the young people and keeping the system going. Because this is – we are no longer in the Mike Malarkey, 
um, the Norm Childs. Like these, we we now have a solid base of a coach and coordinators, and we are going to build upon that. And so that's the system. The system is the success. I tend to agree with you. I, I do think the Titans have took a step into more of a cohesive, almost if I was using a word in college football, uh, it would be program. It's became a franchise now. So you said it earlier, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, just for a second, what a dismantling by the Dallas Cowboys. You go and face your old head coach. He holds you to three points. Your defense does nothing against their offense. Rog, was this a situation where your old head coach is standing on the other sideline and he knew where and when to attack? I think it's a situation called the NFL. Um, you know, the week before Dallas at home gets absolutely punked by Denver, uh, the same Bronco team that Philly just dismantled in Denver. Um, you know, it's any given Sunday. I don't know. Uh, nice haircut, by the way. Uh, I, I don't know the extent of, you know, familiarity with another team. It's just, it's the NFL, man. I I, I keep going back to that. I sound like uh, Dante from Grandma's Boy. Hey, man, it's just the NFL. But I, I really don't have anything aside from that. You know, it's matchups. And early on, you know, if a couple turnovers go your way, some, some penalties and one three and out, one turnover, it's 14-21 nothing. Next thing you know, you get the kickoff of the half, and it's game over. And Atlanta couldn't do anything. You know, Matt Ryan goes from, like, 350 yards and four TDs to, like, 117 yards and four picks. Why? You know, I have no idea. Whereas uh, Bridgewater looks ridiculously great against that same team the week before. I don't know, man. Just the NFL. It seems like every week's a coin flip. Good point, Rod. Robbie? If it was NFL 2018, I would say, well, the Falcons are due for a bounce back. But on a short week, four week, four days after being dismantled, they have Bill Belichick coming to the Georgia Dome. Boy, I don't like this spot for the Falcons. Is it? Am I wrong in reading this and saying it's time to load up on the uh, the Patriots with on the old DraftKings app? Well, before I get to that game, let's ring the bell for some reckless speculation now because I've got some reckless speculation going on Speculate. here. Speculate. So this week, there was a 43-3 to game. There was a 45-7, to a 45-17. There was a 41-14. Yeah, 41-14. So – and – this seemed to be the midweek or mid-season COVID test that you see people starting to pop. I think, again, reckless speculation, I'm, I think this was the time where a lot of players tested positive or didn't get negative tests, and there were a lot of meeting rooms that they weren't all in this week. There were a lot of blowouts in a league that usually doesn't have blowouts. And so it just seems to me like something kind of went awry in meeting rooms. Coaches can't be there. 
a lot that they didn't tell the public because they're not they're they're required by the gambling act or whatever it was that they have to disclose injuries they don't have to disclose diseases unless it's a can't perform you're on the covid list it just seemed fishy to me about this week and how many blowouts there were and interestingly enough uh we also had a 16 nothing game with Russell Wilson yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I would have never dreamed, but that's uh, good speculation. I like yeah, that. Yeah, getting back to, getting back to answering your question. Um yeah, I mean, I think this is the game Atlanta's been waiting for and the game they're gonna dread. Um Mac Jones is coming hot, Belichick's coming hot, even though I'm a firm believer in home teams on Thursday night because of short week. Uh, not this home team versus that away team. No, give me the Patriots. Uh, I think it's going to be, hey, sorry, Super Bowl nightmares all over again. But I don't think it's going to come back this time. I, I'm planning on being busy tomorrow night. That's my tentative plan. So, Brendan Chain, we just talked about it in Robbie's segment, and we'll move on from the Falcons. Packers Seahawks seemed like the most dysfunctional game I have watched in a long time. Russell Wilson failed to score for the first time as a starting quarterback, I believe, in the NFL. The Packers looked not like the Packers. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers coming off his immunization scare. Wow, did you see that? What Did you see? Did, if I had told you over and under 17 points for the Packers and Seahawks, would you have took it? <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Uh, two two elite quarterbacks. You you would think that it's you know a high scoring game, but as Raj continues to say, it's the NFL. And like some days you have chess matches where the you know the balls tip the right way. The you know defense plays better on these matchups. I mean, Russell Wilson went. He had 161 yards through the air. I mean, this is atrocious. Two two interceptions, sacked twice. I mean, on the ground, they were 71 yards. So, just a little over 200 yards of offense out of the Seahawks. Uh, they, they look like the Falcons, to be honest, against the Cowboys. I mean, <laughs> if you compare those two games and the stats, they're pretty damn close. So, I mean, it was – this is a tough one to watch, for sure. It was yucky. Raj, how much did Aaron Rodgers' drama play into that whole storyline of last week? Sure as hell didn't seem to help either of them. Uh, Russell turned it to check down Charlie all of a sudden. He averaged 3.1 yards per pass. It was just disgusting. I mean, the weather was bad, but not that bad. He obviously wasn't himself. They couldn't run the ball. But Rodgers... Yeah, I mean, he definitely didn't look like himself. He had all of his receivers back. I know Aaron Jones left hurt, but Dylan played well. There was really no reason for him, and he just looked off. He was missing dudes. Um, I don't remember how many sacks he took, but, like, he kind of just has this, like, ho-hum, like, when he gets sacked and kind of gives up on the play and ties his hair in a man bun and, you know, flexes his double discount double check, whatever, and it just seems like when he doesn't care, he doesn't care. Um, it's like, you know, I'm Aaron Rodgers. It's cool. I'm, I'm banging a, excuse me, dating a Hollywood actress. Um, he, he just looked like he wasn't there. And, and 
that sort of seems like the story of his career. You know, if, when Rodgers is on, it seems like it's always at Green Bay, and he's untouchable. But when he's off, it's just like, ho-hum, bad game. Um, you know, I don't want to slight the guy. He does have one Super Bowl. That's it. But, you know, we, we tend to put him in the same category as Brady. And uh, it's not even close when it comes to that. Uh, by the way, can you imagine Tom Brady being uh, the immunized guy and lying about that? No. Because Brady is a man of upright character and he's straightforward and he does what he says and says what he does. Whereas Rodgers is, he's just Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's kind of clownish. Robbie Davis, I know you have not been the biggest fan of Aaron Rodgers. Did did you feel – let me ask this a different way. I thought Green Bay coming into the season was the second or third favorite in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. I don't feel that way anymore. Do you think that that's the distraction that Aaron Rodgers has been that team this year? I don't know if he has been a distraction thus far as much as he has now become an internal disappointment. Like, you're the leader, and we all – like, I don't know, and nobody knows the percentage of people that wanted this or didn't want this, but they got this as a team to fight as a team sport. And to see your leader – well, one, not do it, but then lie to you to do it. Like, that's just has to be demoralizing, right? Like, I I can't – and this is, again, a little bit of reckless speculation, but I can't speak for Tom Brady. I imagine I, – I, I'm, I'm thrilled to go watch this uh, ESPN Plus uh, man in the arena. I can't wait to see this. I imagine that Brady won't put anything in his body. He doesn't know exactly what's going in on him. But you know what? He wants to win. He wants to be there for his team. And he did what he had to do to sacrifice to do for his team to win the Super Bowl. And I think that's what the Packers want. And to to have a guy lie to you, like, like they put their – bodies, literally their bodies and their minds on the line every single play for a guy back there and him lie to them, I just don't know how you overcome that. And like that's just it 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 may I've never played professional sports, but it's probably worse than your spouse cheating on you. It probably is. You know, I was a big believer, uh Chang, I'll come to you. I was a big believer of Aaron Rodgers sitting in Green Bay and learning under Brett Favre. But it almost seems opposite to me of the Brady effect. Brady left the, the situation of being mentored by Drew Bree, or Drew Blitzall and became a better quarterback. It seemed like Rodgers has came out of that three-year understudy period with this big old chip on his shoulder that just barely keeps him from being everything he could be. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is elite? Me? Yes. The talent-wise? Yeah. I mean, he's got all the talent in the world. Um, but uh, you would you would think he's such a cerebral player, you know, watching 
the, the past few years. But, I mean, you're starting to think this guy's missing a few screws up there lately. Like, what? what's really going on? Uh, I mean, he obviously doesn't want to be in Green Bay. It, it was a forced situation. And, um, this is 100% his last year there. I, I don't see it coming back, especially after this. But like Robbie said, I mean – you know, I grew up playing sports and, and football and high school and stuff, which I know professionals a little different or a lot different, but that you're a family in there. Like you're a team and you, I mean, you go to war for each other and you're battling and like, you don't lie and say or put any mistrust or in misfaith in the guys that are going out there, you know, throwing their bodies in the way so you don't get hit. Like the the locker room morale has got to be completely in disarray right now because of, of that situation. So I, you know, at beginning of the year, yeah, they they were, you know, top five team playoff, or Super Bowl bound, but but now I think they're on a free fall, and it, you know something's got to happen because. Uh, I don't see this team making it very far if they do make the playoffs. So. I mean, he's their team leader, and he put himself – he's their team leader. He put himself in front of the team. That's the one thing you don't do on a team, let alone – there's no I in team, but let alone a, a captain, future NFL Hall of Famer. You know, I'd be pissed off if I was in that locker room. Like, get over yourself, dude. I've said this many times. Um, you know, he was dishonest to, like Brandon said, to his team, to his organization, to a publicly owned, city-owned franchise. Uh, you know, if he really wanted to stand so courageously on his ideals and beliefs, then, you know, have the balls to do what Colin Kaepernick did and stand up for what you believe in. Uh, don't just go out like a chump is what, what he did. Uh, just a lot of lost respect for the guy and, Sure, it's all over the NFL, including in that locker room, as Chang says. Well, this, this was, in my opinion, this was the most ill-thought-out, I guess I'm going to say decision, um, from a very smart person from the last really ill-thought-out decision from a really smart person since LeBron James did that TV thing going from Cleveland to Miami. Like, it was just – a. It's just a stupid play. Like, if, like, hey, everyone has their right to their own personal autonomy, but don't lie about it. Don't mislead people. And like, hey, if you don't, if you don't want to, to get the vaccine, you have mat, you have your mask mandates, you have you have all the protocol you have to follow, and just follow it. But to lie and not follow it and put people at risk, it's just so arrogant and just so selfish and just from a a guy who's. I mean, I think he's smart. I don't know. It was a really dumb play. He, he Ron did raise $2 million, by the way, for the Boys and Girls Club in that announcement. So it's not quite <laughs> well, preliminary. He, he, he could have went and talked around Boys and Girls Clubs around America and raised that money. It was still a stupid decision. Yeah, it was a, it was a very selfish. Um, and and I, I think it was premeditated. Obviously, he knew he was going to get hit with that question. And, you know, to dodge it like that where it just – kind of flew yes. under the radar. It was know? a planned response. I'm immunized. For sure. Like for sure. You didn't just you didn't come off the cuff of that. You exactly. that. 
you, you probably thought he was smarter than everybody else and he'd get away it, with it. That's right. That's right. So the million dollar question though, let's move on to the next team we were going to talk about. Aaron Rodgers is for sure the leader of this team. But I feel like the Rams have injected a little poison into their team with Odell Beckham and Deshaun Jackson. And that football team does not seem the same. If we're saying Aaron Rodgers is one bad apple, do the Rams have two bad apples that's causing the, a little internal strife? Start with Robbie on that one. The Rams have Tampa Bay jealousy. Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl in their home stadium last year, and the Rams are desperate to do that this year. They are going all in, but they are going all in without a vision. They, I think they started five and two. They're getting troublemakers now into this locker room. That they don't need the that division, which looked out to be very studly. Now Seattle's falling off. Seattle or Seattle's falling off. San Francisco's rocky. Arizona's really good, but they've got injuries. Um, there was no need to make these panic moves, in my opinion. And you're getting, yes, you're getting athletes, but you're getting diva athletes. And Stafford has dealt with Calvin Johnson, who was a stud. He was a very much a team player stud. You're getting diva now, and so are you running the train off the track? It appears to be that way. So if I'm buying or selling the Ram stock, I'm selling. Rog, you, I know you're a Raiders fan, but you're very connected with that West Coast vibe. There's, there's so much pressure, I think, on the Rams to win in L.A. right now. And it's one of the few teams – few times I feel like in pro sports that the city of L.A. is desperate for a Super Bowl. Do you think the Rams are selling their soul a little bit? Uh, a lot of offensive weapons, even after Robert Woods is in, injured, you still have Van Jeffers. You still have a second-round draft pick in 2-2 Atwell that's not even saw the field. Was both of those moves necessary? Well, you're – Absolutely right. You know, a $5 billion stadium, the most expensive stadium in existence. You know, the Chargers moving there was sort of a power play by the Spanos family. We don't need to get started on that. The Rams were originally in L.A. And, uh, but yes, the corporate following, you know, L.A. always wants a winner. It's one thing that galvanizes a town full of transplants. The Rams have certainly mortgaged their future. Um you know, some of those decisions look like they were great getting the Cam Akers early, um, but a lot of them haven't worked out. I thought it was odd that, ironically enough, Deshaun Jackson, we never heard a peep out of him. He happened to leave, like, without saying really a word and signing with the Raiders. And then literally the next day we find out Robert Woods tore his ACL in practice, which I think it was like Thursday and then a Friday, which just seemed odd to me, the timing-wise. Um, you know, Woods is just an amazing player. Uh, oddly enough, John Johnson, the uh, the safety for Brown, said that, you know, wow, Woods got hurt. And he's like, well, you know, with ODB going there, he said, you know, basically alluding towards the fact that it wouldn't matter if Woods would stay healthy or not. That whole offense is around going the ball going to Cooper Cup no matter what. So – 
how is ODB going to do when he invariably does not get the ball the way he wants it to? Um, at least now he's got a better offensive line and a far better quarterback to throw him the football. But yeah, it seems like it's a, a recipe uh, for disaster at some point. But I was actually impressed with Deshaun. Um, you know, he actually shut his mouth for once. We used to call him Deshaun back in the day. Um, you know, and he did his job for the Raiders, except he got a nice, like, 41-yard pass and then promptly fumbled on that play, trying to make more for Deshaun than going down and getting a first down inside the 20. But, yeah, it's uh, I just thought the whole thing was odd. And, and the Rams are definitely doing it. And there's no question about it. Um, if not, like, you know, if Stafford gets hurt, you know, half, half these guys are dying. Whitworth may be older than Randall. Uh, Slightly. You know, it, it seems like it's now or never. But uh, I just wish Akers didn't get hurt. I think that changed their season. Brendan, did adding Von Miller add to the crisis or take away from the crisis? Because – to me, you bring in, you've brought in two. I mean, Von Miller's a has been heralded as a good teammate, but it seems like since Von Miller's been there, the defense has not figured out. I mean, you've got Aaron Donald, now you have Von Miller. You already have the best pass rush in football. Don't seem that way, though. He hasn't played. He hasn't played. I think they, you know, he played this week. He, he played one game so far. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. But but it takes a little time to gel. I mean, I, I'm not out on the Von Miller pick. I think that was great. Um, I think it's going to add to the defense a lot for the pass rush, for sure. Um, so, I think that's just, you know, one of those they, – they just need a little bit more time and cohesiveness, uh, you know, will come. But as far as the OBJ situation um, – yeah, a diva. They're swinging for the fences here. Um, timing actually was pretty nice because Woods did go out, so there is there is an opening there. Now, you know what do you, what do you have? Two catches for eighteen yards, his first appearance, something like that. I mean, is that going to pacify Odell? Probably not. But you know, if he's a ring chaser, like a lot of the analysts are saying right now, uh, then maybe he'll just shut his mouth and, and ride this train out and take the balls when he gets them. But he could really help if he could stay that course um, and just, you know, be the five, six catch a game guy when, when needed. Um, kind of like Mike Evans took a back roll, uh, you know, at Tampa Bay. Um, so, you can still, you know, show your talent and flash and, and provide for your team, but the, you got to be a team player. And is Odell Beckham a team player? He has not proven yet that he can be. So that's a wishy-washy situation um, that I think is going to hurt the Rams in the long run. Uh, he might be walking out or, or getting getting benched for, you know, unforeseen reasons. Uh, but I did – I did check my Twitter verse to make sure I wasn't uh, crazy. Uh, if you'll go right. type in Von Miller versus George Kittle, you'll get to see his first effort in the in a Rams uniform, which is being pancaked by George or pancaked by Kittle several times. It, so he was, but and the, if you watch the same video, he got chipped 
by inside linemen as well. So fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Just saying. Robbie Davis, and I'll get it from all y'all. We'll end up on the NFL. We'll get our Brady next week. We're running long. I want one more ridiculous speculation from all y'all. Just quickly, Robbie, finish up on the Rams. Pick me a Super Bowl if you are forced to today. Titans and Cardinals. Away from the Chargers. Yep, they've, they've, they let me down. Titans have, Titans have picked me up. Rod's... Mm. I'm thinking... I don't know if Buffalo's got it this year, man. They've been, I'm going to go off the cuff a little bit and go with Baltimore. The defense seems like it's, it's turned around a little bit. Lamar's Lamar. Um, in the NFC... Can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. Wow, nice. Brandon, I figure with the I'm NFL, you just like basically find the wackiest thing you can think of, and it'll probably come true. I'm with you, Shane. If you don't pick the Titans, it's like Harold when he used to not draft every Titans the first four rounds. So who you got? Yeah. So it's a nice mixture there. Raj stole my thunder on the Cowboys. Um, uh, I yes. do like Titans and Cowboys. All right, y'all. I-, I can't believe I'm the only one going to say this. Give me Tampa and the Kansas City Chiefs in a rematch. I think we're seeing the Chiefs get a little better, getting healed, getting pointed in the right direction. But give me Tampa oh, yeah. and the Chiefs. The Raiders so are good for what ails you. We have a uh, we have a great subject, and I want to give it enough time, so we'll we'll move the Brady conversation to next week. But it's definitely a conversation that it might be a more appropriate next week because he's getting close to breaking the all time completion record. Also, but let's move on to college football. We're forty minutes in. <clears throat> let's start with one establishing fact. The college football playoff system is, is if anything, interesting to watch. We've got our top five. I'm convinced now that Cincinnati's going to get in. When Alabama, look, if it, I, I think, I think it's set. Except, does Georgia beat Alabama, or does Alabama beat Georgia? Alabama beats Georgia. We'll see. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon. If Georgia beats Alabama, I just feel like Cincinnati's going to get in. What did you think the committee said this week, Raj? It's kind of like college basketball to me at this point where, you know, what do you think about this team in February and March? I don't. I, I think let me see the brackets when they come out, and then I'll start seeing it on the matchups in the tournament. Um all this jockeying for position, this fodder, I think that's what the committee wants. I just, you know, whether they deserve it or not, based upon, you know, their resume over the past 15 years, I, I just, I find it hard, even with two losses, that Bama's not going to be in the playoff. Um, you know, the Ducks, even though they beat Ohio State early, they're not that good, man. I, I've watched almost every game of theirs. Ohio State, as Brandon says, I don't want to make his 
tiny big head even bigger. <clears throat> they are an entirely different team now. They're playing so much better. Uh, you know, Cincinnati did all they could, right? They they go to Notre Dame, who's number eight, to their house and beat them. You know, they went to Indiana and won. Nobody thought Indiana would be that bad. I mean, they did as much as humanly possible. Um, Right now, I don't know how this would be possible. I would pick Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Cincinnati as the four best teams. How it's politically going to shake out, I don't know. Because, you know, Oregon's going to probably play Arizona State, which Arizona State is, is or Utah can beat that team. Um, and things generally, the committee's been lucky. They generally unfold as they may. You know, they, we don't have uh, tons of controversy. Really, I mean, does Alabama, let's just say they don't even show up to the Georgia game. And they end up the season ten and two. Are they going to be held out? Like they get an automatic loss. Like who's going to be in over them? And when they do get in, what are you going to say? It's Alabama. Am I wrong? Do you guys think they have to beat Georgia to to be in the playoffs? Robert Davis, no. you've had some strong opinions on this earlier. It's a TV show, correct? And Brandon will get you next. Yeah. So. I don't have the quote verbatim, but I have a summation of the quote. And it was something like, despite the results on the field, the statistics tell us these teams are better when they justified ranking Michigan over Michigan State when Michigan State beat Michigan. So what they're – like, this is all laying the groundwork for, yes, Alabama's getting in. They're they're getting in. They're going to be the four seed. Because they're going to say, hey, I don't care what happened on the field. Statistics tell us five-star recruits. They tell us that Vegas will tell us. And, and, and I've, I've said this all along. Let Vegas tell us who the four best teams are. They know the best. Yes, Vegas would, would, would favor Alabama probably 17 over Cincinnati. So if that's what we're going to do, then let's just do it. Cut out this damn committee and just put the, the Vegas – Tell us who the four best teams are. And let's stop with the fodder. But, yeah, I mean. Hey, Vegas is going to get a lot more action on Bama, though. It's not like they're completely. Oh, you know, yeah. And right. They're certainly right. self-interested, obviously. But yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Whatever their yeah, metrics right. are, yes. they're a lot yes, more accurate. Alabama is better than Cincinnati. But it, it's, it's, it, it, it goes back to this stupid argument, deserving versus best. And I don't know what people want. I want the I personally want the best four, but in, if there's ever a season, I'd like to see since put Cincinnati versus Georgia. Georgia will kill them. But just let them in. Let let them be in there. And like, I don't. I agree with you, Raj. I think Oregon's losing tomorrow night. I don't think they're going to get in. And but I don't want to see Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Whoever wins the Big Ten, they're in. I don't want to see them jump over Cincinnati when Cincinnati beat uh, another Midwestern team. Uh, uh, no, SMU is no joke. SMU I don't really want this Alabama and Georgia in, but Alabama and Georgia are going to be in because, like, yes, it's a TV show. Um, but to keep Alabama number two all year long, they are so setting it up for they'll drop to four, and that's just what's going to happen. BJ? Yeah, I completely agree. They're, it is a TV show. Like, we've said over and over uh yeah oregon very uh they may lose this weekend um or tomorrow night i guess uh against utah utah's favored by three 
Um, tell me that Vegas doesn't know what they're doing. They're a number ranked 23 versus number three in the country, and they're favored by three. Come on. Uh, that That's oh. telling right there. Uh, Ohio State, a 19-point favorite over Michigan State. Correct. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you the committee's going to get their ass saved because uh, once Michigan State loses, then nobody will remember yeah. the fact they placed well, Michigan. And, you know, them. of course, when they first came out, it was all about, uh, oh, well, we value head-to-head and, like, all this blah, blah, blah. Now, when it starts getting down to the nitty-gritty and they, they're hand-picking the teams they want in there, the head-to-head goes out the window. Well, then it comes down to statistically better than – you know, other teams if they're playing. Like, it's just BS. Um, so, it's a TV show. Alabama's getting in 100%. Um, I think Oregon loses. They're out. It should be Cincinnati. Who knows? Um, you know, maybe Notre Dame jumps in there somehow. It's crazy. <laughs> as, uh, as, we'll start with you. As Georgia separated from the pack. Oh, 100%. Um I mean, their defense is just sick. I mean, they're they're so good. Offensively, uh, you know, we did talk about Stinson uh, or Bennett. Uh, he's he's not so great. He's eighty seventh in passer rating, right? or like ranked quarterback. Um, That's where we're going. You know, Brad Johnson. Yeah, you gotta. He's a he's a game manager, and he doesn't yeah. doesn't create a lot of turnovers. Um, and their defense don't screw is, up when you, you get know, that back right Yeah, absolutely. Don't screw up. That's all he does. Yeah. By the way, uh, Adam Anderson has been released on twenty five thousand dollars bond, which in the SEC means he'll be starting this weekend, no doubt. So let's let's swing back to change. Wait, 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 wait. Before we move on, can I say one thing? Yes. Um. I was just thinking about this. I don't know why baseball doesn't adopt the college football playoff model. Y'all just just select the Dodgers, the Yankees, the the Red Sox, and uh, what what else? The major market there. Just select those four markets and just play those teams every year. The Braves, the Cubs, the, oh, yeah, yeah, Cubs, yeah. Braves, Cubs, Braves, Dodgers, Yankees, Red ratings Sox. would go through the roof every year. Yeah, just pick those yeah. things. Ratings bonanza. You just you just a good point, right? That might be on next week's show. Oh, yeah. I just saw Anytime baseball use, ratings crisis just right there. I, I want to. Anytime you can use Brent, the word bonanza. Yeah. I want to follow up to what Brandon made a point of. I saw Georgia in person this weekend. And Defensively, they're electric. Offensively, they don't. They play to not make mistakes. If Georgia wins a national championship in the college playoff system and including the BCS system going back to 1998, I struggle to find any team with a quarterback that won a national championship that was just a game manager. Can you win a national Brad Johnson. championship? Brad Johnson won a, a, a championship in the NCAA. He won well, a like Bowl. Ken Dorsey. You know, there's a lot of guys that just their abilities, you, you know, uh, complement. 
the talent and whatnot. Was, and I mean, he played in the NFL, but he was garbage. Yeah, a big deal, though. I mean, in, in the ACC back then, he didn't do anything in the NFL. And no one would confuse Ken Dorsey with a great quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I it would be interesting in that sense. But Stetson Bennett is a walk-on. The other option is JT Daniels. I mean, they're, all, they're kind of the same guy, except Bennett doesn't force anything. And with the talent around him, he's perfect for the system. And there's a reason why he's starting. Um, I don't want to slight him because it, I don't think it's easy to be the head guy when you're a walk-on, you, you know, at the steering wheel of a of a bus with freaking eight million horsepower. You know, it, it, most guys there's a lot of pressure to f it up, and he completely plays within himself and within that offense. And I know I sound like Skip, whatever his idiot name is, but I mean, uh, I don't want to discredit the guy. You know, he, he and in another team on another. You know, he could throw for 300 and two TDs if he wanted to, but they don't ask him to, and, and he's smart enough not to force the ball. Robbie Davis. Um, I was at the game also, and I will say, well, so quarterback-wise, I bring – I think of just recent memory, A.J. McCarron and uh, Greg McElroy, those kind of – just game managers kind of seem like what Georgia has. But to touch on Georgia, man, that defense is nasty. And they took the one of the most explosive offenses. Granted, we don't talent-wise. They took most, one of the most explosive offenses. We scored the first time down. Got to go up, you know, 10 points. And then Kirby adjusted – and just put the right pieces in play. And that wide receiver kind of screen, almost basketball play they, they run, shut it down over and over again. And I honestly do not think that we'll ever see a run uh, like Nick Saban has done. But Kirby's young, and if he adapts this quick offense instead of this, you know, his offense is a – Let's get ahead, and then we'll run the ball. If he gets to a spread offense, kind of what Nick Saban has adapted, man, he is in a gold mine situation of talent and and availability of just – and the East is so much weaker than the West of what Saban has to go through. Again, no one will – I do not think anyone will amass what Saban has produced, but Georgia will be very happy with what they have with Kirby Smart. All right, guys, let's, start, let's finish up the BCA. Real quick, do you remember that uh, 2000 national championship? Those were some trash quarterbacks, including that little cherub, uh, chubby kid. Um, he went on to coach. Uh, he got really fat. Uh, he's a good coach. What's his name? Oklahoma. Josh Michael? The guy oh, yeah, yeah, that guy, that guy, that guy. That guy. The guy that he came in second yeah. for the Heisman, didn't he, that year? Yeah. Yeah, but – Look at yeah, he, he was hey, they, hey, they scored. They scored thirteen points in that championship. The Florida State's two. Well, what a great game led by amazing defenses. Final question. Then we'll go on to a couple more college. Yet. Will Georgia win the national championship? Reckless speculation. Brandon Chain. Oh, probably, but I hope not. You know, they just it. 
like you guys just said, and we talked about their defense is just – I just don't see them getting a whole lot of points put up. So, they they can keep Bennett game-managing. I hate to say it, but, yeah, their their chances are above average for sure. Robbie Davis. If Alabama does not get in, yes. If Alabama gets in, no Alabama wins. Raj. I agree entirely. But I think Alabama's going to get in. Last time they won was like 1980, and they took a, an amazing running back who's now a Trump supporter, uh, Herschel Walker. He's a Senate uh, candidate. I know, only in Georgia. In a state he doesn't Top, live in, which is amazing. I, it's, it's Georgia. Talk about anomalies, though. I mean, if Bama gets in, Bama's the type of team that'll lose by like three uh, in the SEC championship game, but then get their rematch and win by 30, and they'll leave no doubt. I agree entirely. Um, Bama doesn't lose more than once or twice. They never lose twice in the same team. So, so uh, you know, Georgia has choked before. They've been number one before. Um, I'm just going to go out and say no. I just, I'm just, I'm just selfishly now just hoping Alabama wins it again. Just so say will be like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I want to retire. Get the hell off of the stage. I'm going to take a slightly different approach, but I don't think I'll, I don't think Georgia's a complete football team. I don't think Georgia can get in a shootout with a complete offensive team. As much as Tennessee struggled at times with Georgia, they were able to move the football. I think Georgia's going to struggle when you get an elite offense that has the ability to run the football, which Tennessee did with Jamari Smalls. I like either Ohio State or Alabama to beat Georgia, but that's reckless speculation. Wait, wait, I give a quick story, real quick. We're going to call your shot. Do you like Alabama to beat Georgia in the SEC championship? I do. Or in the playoffs? I like Alabama to beat them in the SEC championship, and I think Ohio State will beat them in the playoffs. Because Georgia's, we all agree Georgia's in regardless, right? Georgia's already in. Yeah. Yeah, I think our yeah. championship game, if the seedings figure out, is Ohio State and Alabama. I think I think Georgia's a very, 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 very good football team. Just think they're that – they don't have enough offensive identity. Now, could they have find it in the next two weeks? Absolutely. But I, I like Alabama to win the SEC. I like – I still think Oregon somehow pulls it out, but they may be – they were very close to being putting on upset alert this week. But I do have the upset alert for later on. Alabama still has Arkansas and Auburn. And th- those are two tough games. Isn't Bo Nix not even that great, but isn't he dead? Done for the year, right? Who watches all? Arkansas at home. I'm pretty sure that defense can handle uh, – oh, boy, uh, Jefferson. Hey, real quick, though, quick story. Uh, I'm old, and I have a knee and shoulder problem, and I went to a, a bone and joint orthopedic surgeon, uh, Dr. Jeremy Bruce. Jeremy Bruce trained under famed uh, Dr. James Andrews in Alabama. When I was talking to him, he was telling me like, all these like famous athletes in the office and stuff, and I asked him about like you know who could like, pitchers. You know, he revolutionized Tommy John. 
and he said that that Andrews, and there's actually an article about this, thinks that like his biggest success case was Drew Brees. Because at the time, almost everyone thought Drew Brees was dead, except for Nick Saban. Now, Jeff Ireland, the then we talked about this before, Miami Dolphins GM said no. Uh, Saban wanted him. And Ireland superseded Saban. Ireland signed Dante Culpepper. Breeze went on to New Orleans. Saban goes to Alabama. And the rest is history. So if everybody would have just listened, Nick Saban and Dr. James Andrews and possibly my surgeon, Dr. Jamie, uh, Jeremy Bruce, we wouldn't be watching Alabama win 8 million championships a year. And but that's... Yes. The thing oh, about it, say the, about that. The thing, the thing about it, though, is Alabama did this once in my lifetime already. We forget Bear Bryant won five, so and yeah, played for this. about ten more. So that program's a little different. I hate it. That program. This is a much more different. competitive area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can't compare Bear Bryant. Like what? What he went five over what? Thirty years. Weren't they all white half the time? Yeah. Like, Saban's won six over 14 years. It, that That's in the most so competitive era. Unbelievable. The first, I will say Saban is the all-time GOAT, but the second oh, best yeah. GOAT is Saban. And I mean, everybody can say Whatever. what he did, but it's, he, that program. I mean, we probably, I think, I think Urban's the second best coach in college football history. We all have okay, moving on. I hate him even worse than Bear Bryant. Yeah, it's, it's a possibility. But. John McKay, baby. Currently, we have several openings. One came open today in Virginia Tech. Justin Fuentes, a very hot name a few years ago, uh, would not leave Virginia Tech for the Tennessee opening at one point. Was dismissed today. It leaves LSU. TCU, USC, Washington, Washington State, Akron, UMass, and Florida International Open. Field positions, Clay Helton has already accepted the position to be Georgia Southern's new head coach. Jim Mora will be moving on to UConn. And Joey McGuire will be taking over Texas Tech. Guys, what else is going – who else Who else is going to have an opening? And of those jobs, who do you think fits those jobs? Of course, I believe two best jobs, LSU, USC, some debate on number three. Rod, you're the USC guy. Let's start with you. I mean, I don't know. I think USC and Texas are the preeminent jobs in America only because of locale. Yes, they have this history. Alabama's history is second to none, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, you want to be in Happy Valley or Austin. You want to be in Southern California or I'm not going to say Tuscaloosa because they're still Alabama and they've kind of, you know, transcended any of those things. But you get my point. One thing about USC, though, is their best recruiter is Dante Williams, who they made the interim head coach. Williams is basically like every great corner to Oak at Oregon. He got uh, SC. One smart thing they did was sign him. But now what's he supposed to do? Go back to being, you, you know, the interim or, or the DB coach. 
Um, they had the number one DB in the country from modern day California, a big USC pipeline, Damani Jackson. Um, he was there because of, of Dante, and he just he committed this week as well. So um, SC is just more of a sh- excuse my language, a shit show. Sorry, Randall, just find me. I don't care. Um, then LSU is. You know, LSU is kind of an open and shut case. Uh, it's Cocho. Fold it up. There's really nothing else going on there. Um, USC, you know, I had a buddy that is inside the program, and he told me, like, you know, how long we thought that we keep taking one step forward and or one step back, we'll take two steps forward. And, and basically since 2009. And it, it just it entertains. It begs the question, maybe they'll never get back. Now, Tennessee gives me hope because – Tennessee has been a trash, just dumpster fire throughout. But they finally have a coach who's – and after losing all of these great guys, um, you know, they're on the right track. Now, are they going to be the 97-98 balls? Probably not. But at least you got something to look forward to. But it's just a really – a very rare possibility that USC is never USC again. And those of us that are – have been there and then are part of the fan and alumni base need to adjust our expectations. Um, so long story short, less drama at LSU, I would imagine. Um, you know, a more fertile, even though LA is a huge fertile record, uh, recruiting ground, you know, NFL factories are in the South right now. Uh, national TV games are in the South right now. Um, I don't want to smell like corn dogs like everybody in Baton Rouge does, but I mean, I, I, SC is, it's just not what it was. And you can tell it's obviously affected me, and I'm going to go cry now. Hey, as a Tennessee grad, uh, it's been a long ways to find. I think we accidentally found a good coach. Robbie Davis, of the openings now, are there anybody you would speculate into any of those big jobs? Well, let me be perfectly clear. LSU is the best college football job in America. And the only one close is Ohio State. And let me tell you why. LSU has zero in-state competition. They have the the pool of five-star athletes they can pull from that if you are from Louisiana, that's all you want. There's no Auburn. There's no Alabama. There's no Ohio State. There's no Michigan. They want to be at Louisiana. So the last three coaches have been at LSU for less than 10 years each. All three have won a national championship. Think about that. Think about the turnaround of these programs trying to rebuild. The last three coaches, all their less than 10 years, all have won a national championship. And two of the three suck. <laughs> Ed Orzeron and Les Miles suck. Like, like they've got Les Miles went to Kansas and got fired. Orzeron can't get a head coach anywhere. They both won championships there. Like, if Nick Saban stayed at, Louis, at LSU, you're talking about Alabama on steroids. That's there's no joke about that. That's the best job in in college sports. Um, after that, 
so who do I think is going to take it? Uh, well, with Michigan State, is going to pay Mel Tucker $95 million. Uh, he's not going. So this is going to be a power grab right now. You're looking at the most best job with the least resources and less the least money as far as boosters go. They've got the SEC money but not alumni money. Lowest so, endowment in the SEC is that Yeah, so they're going to get – so is it Napier from Louisiana Lafayette? Is it a is it Bill O'Brien? Do they go to the saving tree? Um, there's no way. And let me just stop. There's no way Jimbo is leaving the A&M unlimited resources to go to LSU. Zero. None. Um, uh, so I don't I, – I guess they're probably going to go Napier. Uh I think I actually think Dan Mullen would be a good fit at LSU, but do they hire a fire Florida coach? Um, that'd be interesting. Uh, but then the second best opening, I think, is USC. Even though the Pac-12 is down, but it's still USC. They need, they need to roll the fan base up. Um, I think they're going to make a move at Crystal Ball. But man, Nike money's got Nike money. I don't, I don't know if you leave a, a, a secure job to go to USC, is even though it's a better job. And then uh, Virginia Tech, I if they don't go, and please, please correct me for the name, the guy from Coastal Carolina from Tennessee, uh, what's Jamie, his name? Jamie Chadwell. Yes, I like him because because Clawson, Dave Clawson has proved that kind of. Shotgun option offense can work at the SEC. They should go Jamie Caldwell. Um, and sorry, I talked a lot during that little segment, but that's my two cents. I would add, and we'll get to it next, with LSU, I feel like it's almost a Texas situation. Only a, bad, Texas. Only a bad, bad hire, hire could derail LSU. I mean, it would take a bad hire to derail that program. Shane, let's uh, let's let's get the guy that just happens to always get the best coach in America somehow, other than Nick Saban. That well, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I agree with Robbie. One hundred percent, LSU is is the top job. Um, like you said, just the in-state competition or lack thereof, um, and being in the SEC and. I didn't realize that stat until you said it, but three coaches within the last 10 years have won a national championship, which is, and like you said, two less miles and Oshron, I mean, that's just laughable. That is laughable. Um, but, but it just goes to show how that recruiting pool is there. Um, and it's such a big name. And I mean, it's, it's new Orleans. Like people want to go there. So I see potentially Franklin, you know, getting out of there, out of the Big Ten. I mean, he's he's had his, you know, face ran through the mud enough. I mean, if somebody offers him something, potentially USC or LSU. Is Franklin why still would hot, he... though, Brandon? Is Franklin still no, hot? He was never hot. We, yeah, we don't want him. Dave Aranda is. LSU defensive coordinator, you may have mentioned him, but uh, he's he's way up there for a lot of us. Franklin is a tool. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I know Franklin. he was. He, Franklin was early, 
earlier yeah. on name, but I, I, I never mean, even, you know, how he handled the, the rape allegations at Vanderbilt, just disgusting. Like, I, I've never yeah. thought he was that great of a coach, uh, you know. Yeah, no, he gets some recruits, but what's the point? You know, he doesn't coach him up. So I'm going to make some ridiculous speculation here. How about it's Shane a frat party at Chains to Virginia Tech? Who? Shane Beamer. The son of Frank Beamer returns to Virginia Tech after a year at South Carolina. Why not? It's Virginia Tech. Who cares? They asked him about that today or yesterday. He was adamant about no. Um, I think that's probably one of those you're not ready to go home again because um, I think he's – I mean, if Florida fires Mullen and you're competing with Kentucky for the third or fourth spot in the SEC, assuming Heifel stays and – um, I I don't know if you leave South Carolina. The, the money's going to be better and the exposure's going to be better. Don't be happy than happy. How about the two coordinators at uh, Clemson that was have both been multiple-time candidates? And I do believe Tony Elliott could have been the head coach at Tennessee, and he pulled his name out before Hoppel got the job. But Brent Vernables has been a candidate at every every job opening in the last 15 years. Did either one of those guys take a job this year, or are they just going to sit there and wait with Dabo? I mean, how much money are they still getting paid? Because for them to not want to take a head job, meaning that Clemson, I have a theory about dominant programs from small towns. They get away with everything the rest of us want to get away with, but, you know, just a smaller spotlight. Why the hell would Venable stay there unless he's getting paid, like, just bang and bang and getting two point, I think envelopes two held to him? Bills. Yeah, but he can get paid $10 million. Somebody would have paid yeah. him to be the head somewhere. Um, well, so- yeah, I'd like yeah. to see a shakeup at this point. They are human. Well, so if you're, if you're Brett Venable's, you're almost in the Kirby Smart category. So what you want, you hold out for a defensive juggernaut, which in theory would be something like LSU. But is LSU going to take a risk on a non-alum coordinator, which Georgia did with Kirby Smart? Georgia Smart Kirby Smart was an alum, and he was not just a coordinator, but he was a coordinator under – Lord Saban, and so it was an easy sell. I don't care if he has great co- head coaching credentials. He worked under Saban. Like Saban seems to be the magic wand under all this coaching tree. And so where does Venerables – because if you're like Tennessee, you're hiring Josh Heifel. If you're Ohio State, you're hiring Ryan Day. If you're Oklahoma, you're hiring Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. You want offense because that's where college is going. So a strong defensive coordinator as a head coach, uh, it's few and far between where you're going to go. Good point. Good point. He was open the last time he was there and people wanted him. Uh, I think that would have been a good spot for him. Just saying. 
All right, one more subject on college football. And I am a person that we've talked about historic programs. And Tennessee is probably the historic program that has fell the fathers off over the last decade. I'm watching Texas. Nebraska? Uh, uh, Texas. uh, Nebraska, Tennessee is pretty close race. Let's just call that a stalemate. I feel Nebraska like won three in the nineties. Yeah, that's true. Last ten years. I feel like Texas is headed down a very dangerous slope. They're now a four and six football team, a coach that I didn't believe in, and they're tied now. They're paying. They're paying Tom Herman. They're paying Steve. Uh, they're paying Stark. Is Texas really? A train wreck coming? And we'll start with you, Rods, because I wanted your opinion. Was Stark a bad hire for Texas? You know, USC has made so many terrible decisions. They tried to keep whatever semblance of Pete Carroll and Norm Chow they could. So they started with Kippen, and then they went to Sark. And, you know, Sark would get wasted at alumni functions and then suddenly had an alcohol problem, which – he never actually went to full rehab, from what I understand. He had treatment for it. Uh, but, of course, the ultimate rehab program, career, professionally and, and image-wise, was Nick Saban. So he goes there, and, again, these coordinators that work with Alabama's offense, all right, you're ready. Go on, little guy. You're ready to go. I mean, I could be a coordinator for that team. And to suddenly put him, and he says the right thing, you know, he is an L.A. guy, originally BYU, but – you know, he said everything you have to say to a, to a willing alumni base, but Steve Sarkeesian is still Steve Sarkeesian. And, and I don't, you know, I know we all think you have to take a step back before taking two steps forward, but there's way too much talent on that team. Uh, and they just lost to Kansas at home. And they Kansas. gave up 57, 57 points. Um Again, we don't want to write the dude off in one year, but it's obvious that this is not what they expected. This is not what Burnt Orange Nation expected. Um, just because you're a coordinator for E, if it's the same way for Satan, doesn't mean much. Just because you're working, you know, it's like being a mechanic on a on a Porsche. Usually, the car is going to be fine no matter what. All right, uh, Brandon Shane, I'll come to you next. I don't know how much you see of Texas. Robbie, I'll, I'll come to you to finish up the subject, and we'll move on to college basketball. It, is Texas headed to a Nebraska-Tennessee-like downfall? Uh, I think so. I mean, they've got five straight losses right now. They're trying to move from the Big 12 to the – SEC. I mean, imagine, imagine them trying to go to the SEC. Now, I mean, that could actually help a little bit with recruiting, and uh, you know, they they're never short on money as far as paying coaches or, or getting big names there for sure. So, um, I don't think that that will necessarily change the game for them, but um, maybe playing in the SEC could maybe sway a few recruits here or there. But, again, I mean, you're 
you're going through the gauntlet when you're changing into that conference. So I don't see them coming back for quite some time, if if at all. Robbie, is is moving to the SEC going to derail Texas even more? Because I see a perfect storm coming. It's not like Texas ever had trouble recruiting when it was just Texas. Well, so Texas hired a Saban assistant to be their head coach after they just hired and Urban Meyer says to be their head coach who failed. Like, you just did the same thing twice and expected different results. Like, that's idiotic. I mean, it would be like, oh, hey, I like my screen on this TV show or this show. Let me hire you. Well, I have no idea how I got on this show. I'm just on here. Randall's doing the, the controls. Like, I don't know. I'm just here. Like, Raj was a bit right. Like, who can't control this Alabama offense? Like, it's a juggernaut. Saving recruits the best players. And I hate to keep going back to this same well of just argument, but it is. Like, Nick Saban gets the best players and like who hasn't who in the last decade, what offensive coordinator hasn't gone there and done well? None. Like they, they all do well. They all get these jobs. And then these, they, they felt these jobs. McElwain, uh, Artesian, um, who have, uh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin's bounced around, but it's like, what's the guy's name at Maryland? Uh, Oh, uh, Loxley. Loxley. Like, they, like, yes, it's easy because he has a system to make it great. Same with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer made it great. He, he like, these guys know how to coach. Pete Carroll, mix in the offensive corners. They know how to make – they recruit. They make it great. And it's it's just idiotic to expect the same results because, hey, I came from this coaching tree. I'm going to do the same thing. Like, there's very few Bill Belichick's. There's very few uh, Bill Parcells. There's very few – Nick Saban's very few Urban Myers, and these teams, I don't think they're, they're just off trees. Like, that's not how it works. What about like the Longhorn Network? You know, BYU's got their own network. Texas has a Longhorn lot Network's of gone. money. I, I mean, it, it's affiliated with ESPN now. It's not on its own. No, no, the, no ESPN is swallowing it. Well, yeah, it's yeah. still in existence though, and it still has a, a fan base. My point is that. Texas is always going to have a willing, hungry, you know, they, they cover, they carry the biggest state in the country. And that, maybe not population was, but, you know, I don't think they're the most particular people in the world. Like, you know, they will fire somebody quicker than anyone else, in my opinion. Um, I don't think they give a crap about contracts and, you know, uh, Friday Night Lights and all that jazz. I think if somebody's not performing at the University of Texas, they're gone. Remember, Herman was, you know, the second coming of Santa Claus. I won't say JC, but you know, they barely gave him three years, and he couldn't do it. So same thing here. I mean, Texas is—they're uh, not going to take it. And and value like uh, I remember the Wall Street Journal. This was a few years ago. That, I thought Texas was number one. Like Ohio State was up there, and they were both above Alabama in terms of uh, value rankings and, and everything. Texas was like uh, 160, $170 million in terms of everything. And 
I just they're they're not going to hold on to somebody like USC would because of a buyout. I uh, I make the point about Texas, and we'll move on to college basketball. Or yeah, college basketball that they hired Shaka Smart when he was the hottest coach in college basketball. They hired Tom Herman when he was the hottest coach in college football. They both were fired within a four-year period. So I, 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 if I'm a coach and I've got a pretty good job, uh, would I rather make $6 million, $7 million for three years and get a buyout, or would I go somewhere that I guarantee that I'm going to be a hero? Texas is getting uh, – Texas is getting the Tennessee reputation, I think, in coaching circles. Well, and I think that well, will make people scared. Well, so all, ahead, of these, all of these uh, – are we after a minute? Can we cuss after 10 p.m.? Or can I yeah, if, you, if you need to say something, go for it. Fuck uh, it. Say it. All right, yeah, so all of these goddamn entitled boosters are think they should every, – every school should go 11-0 or 12-0. And they're like – like Alabama spoiled the well. Like, no, like you're never gonna win seven out of fourteen. You're not. Whoever you are, if it's Ohio State, Oklahoma, USC, Florida State, Miami, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, you're never gonna win seven out of fourteen. So just stop it and just calm down and just 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 appreciate the sports of it. Like the Titans haven't won a Super Bowl since they've been in Tennessee. We've been the one. We still enjoy the games. I enjoy the Vols games. We haven't been to, been to the Final Four ever. Like, just enjoy the sport. College football is so damn spoiled about you have to win it all. Like, no, you don't. Enjoy the damn game. So, to your point, so then we'll move on to college basketball. Tennessee's probably going to go seven and five this year. And I've enjoyed this college football season much more than the, some of the ones in the 90s that we went 10-2, and two, lost to Florida, finished eighth in the nation, because my expectation is not to win all 11 games. My expectation after the last decade is to go to Knoxville, have a good time, compete on the football field. And I, I, think, I think as a fan, I've grown up after this struggle to realize I do this because I love the sport. Not everything's about W's. It's nice to get a few W's. Believe me, it's hard to be fun when Jeremy Pruitt's going three and seven. So, very good point, Robbie. One last subject, and then we'll get around. By the way, if anybody's got someone they want to put on upset alert, you can do that in the final segments. Because I have one person I'm going to put on upset alert this week. College basketball, though, we had a big top five matchup. And I sat down with my TV, didn't let anyone distract me, didn't know the score of the game after the fact. I was going to say, there's no way you stayed up all night, dude. I stayed up for that game. I didn't. I got up the next morning. Uh, UCLA. It was worth it. Nova. I thought UCLA looked dominating. I think the score was a little bit misleading. I think Nova was there at times and could have gotten back into the game. But to me, I, 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 I was trying to discredit UCLA going into the season. I was so impressed by the Bruins. 
I left. Um, I know Nova's a good basketball team. Matter of fact, Robbie, when we get to it, we've got a Nova-Tennessee matchup this weekend in coaches versus Kansas. Right. But, Rog, did you feel like they were a difference between UCLA and Villanova? Who are you asking? You, Rog. Rog. Oh, my bad. Uh, the Bruins are really tough for me. Again, they're a very similar team, if not the same, aside from Peyton Watson and Miles Johnson, the transfer from uh, Rutgers and the, and the top 10 recruit. That was the first four team last year that USC swept with ease, that Michigan State took the overtime, and then suddenly they got hot. Now, Johnny Juzang is a huge part of it. Is Juzang physically going to be an NBA defensive, like stalwart? No. But Calhari has made some suspect decisions, including letting Juzang go. Johnny Juzang is now an elite offensive player. He is the best offensive player in college basketball, if you ask me. I saw a UCLA team that continued to score and do well. Was I overtly from impressed? No, because, number one, uh, people love Jaime Jaquez uh, Jr. He can't create his own shot. Um, he's a guy that I think gets a lot of treatment from refs. Um, I don't think he's nearly as good. He, he's a great shooter, but he depends on the fact that UCLA is extremely dynamic on offense. You know, Tiger Campbell, they have probably the only true pass-first point guard in college basketball. Then again, you got Peyton Watson, another Point guard, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, Just a lot of guys around. And Juzang hits buckets. But Villanova was there. If not, should have won that game. Uh, you know, Justin Moore fouled out late. And uh, Brandon Slater fouled out late. That was the end. When I, I, You know, if that game played, you know, three times on a neutral floor, I, I think it's two out of three either way. Again, I, the Bruins got hot. They got to the national championship game last year. They're playing with confidence. With college kids, you, you can't supplant that. That's an amazing thing. But I'm just I'm hesitant to say, all right, these guys are number two overall. Number uh, I'll tell you, the best team in the country to me is Kansas. And I and even though USC beat them by like 40 last year, this Kansas team is different. And and they they can cover all levels, uh, all phases, and that's the team I would look out for. But. Long story short, no. I mean, Nova's is going to be a tough play for Tennessee. A young team like that, you know, a great guard like Chandler. You got to play like the savviest guard in America in uh, Colin Gillespie. So they're both very well coached as well. So that should be a great game. But I'm just overall hesitant to say one team's better than the other. Uh, But these are some sweet matchups. And I'm looking forward to Tennessee Nova. Jane, did you get to see uh, much of that game? Not a lot, but I did go back and kind of watch it um, afterwards. So, my take, I thought UCLA looked pretty well-rounded. I mean, they transitioned well. They looked to be the dominant team for most of the game. You know, I get a few buckets didn't go their way or, you know – Whatever. Um, but, yeah, Juzang definitely flashed. Um, I thought they looked to be quite a complete team. Um, you know, just 
as, as early as it is in the season now, are they definitely better than Nova? I mean, let's see down the road. It's just way too early to tell. But, yeah, I thought I thought overall that UCLA did play a little better and kind of dominated, especially on the defensive side, I thought. Good point. Now, Robbie Davis, we're going to we'll be homers for just a minute. Wait, I'm going to talk about UCLA Nova? Yes, you are. But also, after you finish UCLA Nova, I want to bring it back, and I want to go to Tennessee Nova, and we want to talk about Kennedy Chandler. So just take us from one topic to the next one. Um. All right, so I'll admit I was – well, I appear to be wrong about – UCLA, you know, they were 11 seed in the turn. The last four in, they made a run. Um, well, they got hot. Um, so they, they impressed me beating Nova, although it was in LA, but they played very, very well. Um, Nova's got big guards, and I will preface that with how they're going to play Tennessee. But Nova's got big guards. Jay Wright's a great coach, Cronin's a good coach, also. Uh, that was a heavyweight matchup early in the season. Uh, I think it went to overtime, so teams evenly battled. Um, Nova up yeah, four late, two guys foul out to step one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, you're right. Sorry to interrupt. You know, you're fine. So, I mean, UCLA, I mean, they're, they're proving their worth as a top five team. Um, they're, they're impressing me. And so, as far as do we go into next, you want to Saturday? Lead us off. All right. So, where is the game? It's in okay. Connecticut, the Mohegan Sun. And so, so Tennessee Nova play Saturday, and then uh, Purdue and Carolina play Saturday also. And the winners and losers play on Sunday. So, this is. Going to be, um, I don't know if it's going to be the coming out party or the realization for Kenny Chandler. Uh, I think it's going to be the coming out party. I can't stress this enough. So one game, first impression, he's the best player I've seen put on a UT uniform since Bernard King. He... He is that Alan good. Houston? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, Alan. Sorry, Tony Harris. Sorry, Tobias Harris. Sorry, Chris Lofton. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, Harris. I'm agreeing with you, Robbie. I I, I agree with yeah. your assessment. Yeah, he, he he is that smooth. He is that good. And then you combine him with how he can spread out the court. Uh, while we don't have don't have anyone down down low this dominant, man, um, I, I I will put my wagon on Kenny Chandler any day of the week. He's he's that good, and to to facilitate. And then when you have Victor Baylor, Vascovi, Powell, you know, Kwamwa uh, can shoot outside like. It, you can spread it out five wide, and you have a lightning fast point guard that can go around anyone. It's a dangerous team. I'm, I'm always excited, but I'm very excited about this squad. Well, I think I Nova is better than them now, 
but later in the year, this is the wrong team you want to play when you're still trying to figure out your rotation, all sorts of things. Nova knows what's up, right? Like the potential for Tennessee is off the charts, but you play them in March, I'll take Tennessee. You play them this weekend, I'm all over Nova. So, Rog, I actually have a question, and I'll come back to you, Shane. I I've saw I saw one game on the TV, and I've seen highlights of both of them. I am a consumer of all websites, college basketball. I think Robbie's accurate with his assessment, talent-wise. Kennedy Chandler is is maybe the most talented basketball player since Bernard King, but in, in my oh, opinion, Bernard King is is on the level with the the top 10 all-time players of all time. So I love Bernard King. If his knees never fell off, he'd be different, but it was also a very different league back then. Yeah. But um, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to compare, but yes, there, there's no but, doubt he has God given ability. And it's been a while since I've seen that. Like he Telefair, the guy that I keep hearing is Sebastian Telefair compared to Kennedy. Telefair was never that good of a player. He was, he was anointed during the time when everybody got to go pro from high school. He went to high school or college. No. Um, and I feel like, isn't he bigger than Telfair? Like I, that's a weird it's, comparison. Uh, it, it really it, is. Well, not it, a whole it, lot. It, if, if I may interject. So uh, Kennedy Chandler, when he came out of high school, could not shoot the three. All he's been doing in Knoxville this summer is shooting three. And so he went from – if you went back and re-ranked him now, um, he'd be probably the number three player in the nation, only behind the two big men. Uh, uh, guy from Duke, Charlie Arm, uh, and I think the guy from Kentucky. Uh, he – just wait till you see him. Just like he is amazing. He, he's he's like Jordan Bone meets not Chris Lofton necessarily, but some some combination of that. Like these aren't great players, dude. These are ball players. Your orange and white glasses. Telfair wasn't a great player. I think Chandler would be much better than these two. That's the name of the skill set I mean, that he's he, compared to by two different. You guys got to. Gotta bury these orange and white glasses, dude. The rest of the world doesn't see things that way. So I uh, I went back and watched some quick highlights on it. I didn't get the chance to watch the game live, um, but man, I was impressed by Chandler. Uh, I mean, just watching him. I mean, quick decisions. Uh, never hesitated. Knew where to go with the ball. I mean, facilitated the game well. Uh, knew when to shoot, pull up. I mean, just very smooth, very poised. Uh, you know, and for a freshman coming in, uh, you know, he's he's ahead of his time right now for sure. I, I think he's going to do really well for you guys for sure. Robbie's a one and Why do they say he's like Telfair? I'm sorry. They're talking six about feet, about the same size, 175, 180. Telfair was he's, never that he's great. He's built that way. He's built I think Chandler's going to be a much better player. Telfair, they put the cart in front of the horse. No, Chandler's going to be a top three draft pick in the NBA. I'm sure he will be, but Sebastian Telfair isn't a great comparison is what I'm saying. 
I didn't they, they originally compared him to to the Marbury because I think they were cousins or something. Uh, just entirely different people altogether. Chandler has skills that you can't teach. Do I think he'll be a top three? I, you know, I don't know. I I think he's got stuff that most people don't have. Yes. Robbie finishes up. Oh, with Vols basketball? Yes. Yeah. So, this weekend, we're coming into, we put, so, Ken Palm ranks us 11th. They rank Virginia, or Villanova number 10. Um, I think this is the time Tennessee gets over the hump Villanova. Then we play uh, Carolina or Purdue, whoever wins that game. I think Tennessee goes 2 on this weekend. We have veteran players. Hopefully, Fulkie's back. 2-0 um, gets the weekend. We're rolling sweet coming to SEC play in the holidays. And then um, I can't wait. Uh, I bought my whole family Memphis, Tennessee tickets at Bridgestone on the 18th of December. It's going to be awesome. What's the spread this weekend with uh, Villanova game? It's not really – yeah, yeah. Oh, don't my uh, Robbie nice. knows people who know people. Robbie, what's his... okay? Let's prognosticate. What's I bet it's I bet it's still Nova minus two, and I'll take Tennessee. I was going to say two. I was going to say two, two and a half. I, I think it'll be higher than that. I, I was thinking four. I mean, so, they're ten and eleven in Ken Palm. The question is, uh, how much do you guys want to bet? I'll take Villanova. Uh, name your price. All right. I want illegal one activity and a half. happening here right live. That's funny. That's great. All right, guys. We're running out of time, though. Y'all can, you can work your bet details out later. Uh, first of all, we were going to bet. I want to get in some picks for the weekend on the Bet Your Nuts because I've got one that I'm also going to put someone on upset alert. And I'm going to bet my nuts on it. So last week, I put my bet your nuts squarely on the head of the Oklahoma Sooners. And Baylor defeats the Oklahoma Sooners. This week, I am going to give you two picks in one. I am going to... Take Kansas. Let me get let me get the points right. I want the points exactly, so there's no debate about it. It's a pick'em. It was one. Now it's a pick'em. I'm taking Kansas State as my you're on upset alert, and I'm taking Kansas State to beat Baylor head to head. So that where's, is my, where's that game? That game is at. Kansas State, which I thought it was. Manhattan. I think if it was on the road, if Kansas State was on the road, Baylor would be favored, of course, three or four. Who's who? Uh, let, Jane, you look like you've got a good one. I just feel it. I don't know if it's a good one, but we're going to go back to the well. Um, I'm going to take Iowa State over Oklahoma. Ooh. Damn. That was on my list, too. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma's just not impressed me. And 
I, again, I know you said I've picked two losses in a row or something. I don't know what you were talking you about. Picked, you put two people in a row on upset alert. Oh, yeah. 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 So, I'm, I'm putting Oklahoma again for the second week. I agreed with you last week. Um, they're just – they're not a good football team, and I can see them in disarray and, and losing this game. I also did like – my bet you're nuts. My, that's an upset. My bet you're nuts, which is also another upset, is Utah – Minus three over Oregon. Oh, I was wondering if anybody was going to do it. All right, Rod. I'm taking it. You got. You got to. If you got to put somebody. My bet your nuts was. Well, my bet your nuts was tonight. I didn't know the spread though. It was the Washington Capitals who were nine and two and five against the Kings at home. The Kings have won uh, basically six out of. Technically, it's hockey. Um, okay. The Kings lost their last game, but it's an overtime loss. You'll cute. get a point. Um, What's, what is the non-tactical? Capitals. I love hockey, dude. I love it live. I go to Predators games. I love seeing Kings games all over the place. Admittedly, if it's on TV right now, I'll just flip, you know, back and forth. But the playoffs in the NHL are almost as good, not quite analogous to baseball. Every possession matters. If you know the game, it's awesome. Long story short, I'm quite sure the Capitals are favored tonight. I didn't think the game would start by now, but we've been yapping for a long time. Uh, but my bet your nuts was the Kings tonight. Uh, the Capitals are a much better team. Uh, the Ducks just beat them three to two. But uh, I want to say the Capitals are like one, one and a half goal favorite. But uh, I'll just take the Kings straight up. Kings are starting to play well. Do you have a uh, upset alert? You want to put somebody on upset alert? Oh, uh, well, how about the Washington Capitals? Uh, uh, that'll work. Not Villanova, because I think they're, uh, <laughs> they're going to beat Tennessee uh, football, football. Football, football. Well, Tennessee's favored, or Villanova's favored, right? Oh, yeah. uh, Football-wise, uh, yeah. Georgia on upset alert against Charleston Southern. Um, Rods has been drinking too much tonight. Anyway, no, anyway, I, I just get yeah, let's get him. Started. How about Wake Forest? Wake Forest. He's, he's just Googling shit. Wake Forest is a four and a half. Wake Forest is a four and a half point dog at Clemson. I'll take Wake Forest. Sam Harton. I like. All right, that. so Randall, my lock of the week is Tennessee minus the points. Uh. I can't wait for the nation to see this Vols team. They're this is this is like as great as uh, Rick Barnes has been. His weakness has been the the two point jump shots. He's gotten rid of it. Three points galore. Three points for layup. Finally, basketball. Uh, you guys are gonna enjoy this. <laughs> His weakness has been two point jump shots. You guys will convince yourself of anything. That's why I love Tennessee fan. <laughs> Listen to that rationale. No, it's they make true. too many two point buckets. They they try no, too no, many no, two no. point buckets. Uh, the two point jump shot is the worst shot in basketball. 
not necessarily. If, no, if it is. If range, then it's the have best Have you shot seen stats by will? No, it is because it, you shoot the I don't need stats percentage. by will. I played the game. I don't need stats. Uh, well, I, I know, but you're old. Indian doesn't mean I don't know exactly. I'm old. I know. Old. No, no, no. If you shoot, the day a, I rely a, upon stats by will. If you shoot an elbow free throw, the ball. it's not a good. It's not a good shot. It's a layup. Unless that's your corner. shot, dude. If you run the same off, I mean Gasol. Right. That's all he did in the in the in the triangle. You give him the ball at the elbow, he never missed. All right, that's yeah, a shot. Stats by will. Not a dork. Who's will? Hey, I don't Rod, want to we're, we're at 100 minutes. If Shane's got to get out I'm of here. Done. Shane, I right. appreciate you joining us. Go be on vacation. Can I give a last thought? Yeah. yeah I think Shane. No. We want to hear Shane. Do you have a last thought you? before you leave, Shane? That's my Rod. Uh, last thoughts. Actually, yeah, watch out. I think the balls basketball team is a little underrated. Um, watching the eye test. Uh, they are better than Ohio State right now. I can tell you that. Um, watching both teams, so watch out for the balls. They'll be moving up in the ranks. Sir, go be on vacation. All right, Wait, see you, boys. Stats by Will says, "Don't uh, shoot an elbow jump shot." <laughs> they do say that you shouldn't shoot an elbow jump shot. I know, I know. They must really. Wait, man. Closing thoughts. Yeah. I don't know how I'm trying to add him back. I was trying to mute him to be honest. Oh, there he is. Who me? I was trying to be funny. Hey, I was trying to be funny and mute you, but I somehow removed you from the stream. All right, guys. Let's go back and get our final thoughts. Uh Brendan had just emailed me and said he had to get off, so I wanted to get him out of here. Let's uh let's go around. I got I'll start with final thoughts. It is fun to lose a football game when you feel like your team competed. And even though Georgia just handled Tennessee everywhere, uh, the stadium to be excited again, the crowd to be full, the stadium to be full. In years past, that stadium would have been 60-40 Georgia fans. And it wasn't. So, no, no shout to moral victories, but it was definitely an old school game environment, and I enjoyed. It didn't it. seem like the final score was representative of the game. I, I stopped watching, but I thought they were there neck and neck. You know, good teams convert their downs. Good teams don't make penalties. Good good teams don't turn the ball over. But they were really close to each other twice. on the field. Yeah, and, and, and you know, um, there's not. That big of a difference between the two teams. Is there a difference? Hell yeah. But Tennessee really impressed me. Them and their uh, cherub, arrow shooting coach. What's your final thoughts, Rog? And then we'll grab Robbie. Uh, Robbie's a moron because he listens to stats by will. Uh, um, Rob knows I love him. And he's a fairly bright guy, but don't tell anybody. My final thoughts involved is I'm so stoked for college basketball. Uh, does it help that my team's decent, that Tennessee's decent? Sure. But it's just a great game, man. And, and there's not going to be – and, of course, not to be overly uh, theoretical on this, but there are no BCS points and whatnot. In, in college basketball, it's all settled. Nope. And um, that's what I love about it. And – 
it's also just great basketball. You, you know, they say in football, out of a 60 minutes, 45 minutes, there's like 12 minutes of actual action, which is understandable. And I'm not condemning that per se, but basketball is nonstop. And you have to make decisions every time down the court, you know. So I, I just have a different appreciation for basketball than football. I love football as well, but, um, you know, Rob and I are similar, very few that even though our teams aren't North Carolina or whatnot, like we love college basketball, no matter what. One of my best friends, Eli, he doesn't even have a team. He's taken off the Thursday and Friday of the tournament every week for the last 25 years. It's the best sports two days of the year. Doesn't even drink. He'll drink like 20 beers those two days. It's just great. I don't, I don't want to say drama. I'm literally, it's the best time of the year. I agree with you. I agree. My favorite I haven't had that much to drink. But I didn't eat. Robbie Davis, close us out for the night. I wish I had good news to talk about, but I don't. Um, everyone may agree that the Madison Square Garden is the most world's famous arena. The second most famous is the Staples Center. And it lost its name to Crypto.com Arena, which is just so – it makes me want to throw on. That's where Kobe and Shaq and Gretzky and Candace Parker and everyone grew up winning championships, the Staples Center. It was the first new arena of the time, but it wasn't just about money. Right, yeah. like they they put everybody there: the Clippers, the Lakers, the Sparks, yeah. the Kings. I, I just I hate this name Crypto. change. It's so, it's so disgusting to me. Like, um, it will always be the Staples Center. It's the it's the house that Kobe and Shaq built. Like, there's statues outside. There's, like, it's just it. It's one of the icons of sports that should not be changed. I get money's everything. But and I get Staples is going to, but but man, even Staples Center, little presented by crypto, whatever you want to do. I just wish Staples would have stayed there because it is the Staples Center. Oh, like, I don't know, Randall, if you were there in, in Southern LA when it was there, but like there's Southern Cal when we were there. I was there when it was, it was Staples Center. That's all it was. It was the plaza. Yeah. Do you remember the State forum? Center. Before it was the forum. Yeah, Ingle forum, forum and it became the Great Western Forum. Yeah, and then people were pissed that it became the Staples Center, but yeah, it was one of the few arenas. I agree entirely, especially being born and raised there, that the commercialism aspect wasn't there. It it, it represented more, and I, I'm gonna wax, and I won't. But yeah, I agree entirely. Like, uh, and there was just a lot more to that place than freaking the easy button or whatever the hell that yeah. is. It was an LA icon and like to, to turn into a, a cheesy crypto.com just it it just feels weird like I mean because like yeah like the 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 Rams and the Chargers they can be so five state or whatever they're 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 new to LA the Lakers are LA like that's the franchise and like they shouldn't play in it what it's just weird, even though stables of the company, it's just, it's just it's just slimy to me. There How is much money, must they have taken. 
Yeah. Just seven hundred million dollars. I just Googled it. How much? Seven hundred million dollars. That's that seems huge. Uh yeah. that's what USC should me, pay. Say it. It's <laughs> weird to me that the uh the um Mercedes Benz Dome is the Mercedes Benz Dome because for twenty years the Mercedes Benz Dome was the Mercedes Mercedes Benz Superdome. So now in Atlanta, it's the Mercedes Benz Dome, and it's like your arch rivals stadium is now named your name. So it's isn't the one in uh isn't New Orleans now the Caesars Dome? Yeah, it's Caesar's something like that. right? Yeah, is? even though Harris is there. Yeah, Harris, Caesar's own Harris. The Caesar's own Harris. Okay. Yeah. God, you all must right, have your, you, you don't have your player cards in order if you don't know that kind of stuff. Dude, they all say the same. M life. M life. I've got my M life card. Guys, I got to wrap it up. I got to put an eleven year old. We're over our time anyway. It was a great show. I loved it. Uh, Robbie Davis, thank you. And uh, when does Tennessee play Nova? What time is it? Saturday. Is it Saturday? And then, and then they play the the winner. What time's the game? Because I'd so much rather years. watch that game than any Tennessee football game. Yeah, so That's it's at one o'clock. It's at one o'clock Eastern on Saturday. Okay. Then uh, Purdue and North Carolina on the opposite side, and so the brackets will come. So there's a two game tournament. So win or lose, and they'll play two games. They'll play again on, again on Sunday. So I those can, are the better I teams overall. Those are the teams to watch. Yeah, I'll get to see. Tennessee. I'll get to see see the game before the football game starts. Yeah, I'm going to be on an airplane. Uh, I foolishly booked my flight. Now, where are you going? Savannah. The traveling ridiculous speculation. The point being is it's going to be a lot better than the football game. For Brenda Chain over in Hilton Head, for Robbie Davis headed to Savannah, and for Randall Cunningham, headed to work in the morning and go to put his little girl to bed. We thank you for watching Ridiculous Speculation. It's we'll reckless speculation. Ridiculous speculation. Reckless. It's only ridiculous to you, by the way. It, reckless. What's ridiculous reckless. is we know your 11-year-old daughter puts you to bed, not the other way around. Yeah, she's, gonna, she's sitting here looking at me disapproving. Her dad's still up. Reckless speculation. Now Wednesdays at 9. Good night. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Oh, oh, like and follow. Oh, yeah. Subscribe. Yeah, Just, subscribe to the new channel. 